Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, from a testosterone standpoint, there's nothing more uh, fulfilling than living that version of what man means to you. Alrighty, g'day gang. I'm your host, Bram Connolly, and this then is my podcast. This week on the Warrior You podcast, I'm talking to Lachlan Stewart, the man that can. I don't even know where to start with Lockie. He'd hate me to call him a life coach, and yet he's instrumental in so many people making positive changes in their lives from his guidance. He's been a legit A-grade athlete playing rugby in France and then turned to drugs in a bid to escape depression before having a life-changing moment being called out for the life track that he was on. I guess a forced epiphany, I suppose you'd call it, and now he's sorted himself out. He had to find vulnerability so that he could once again be a formidable athlete and a top-level performance coach. His journey's inspiring and his podcast and Instagram are motivating countless people. And you know what? At Warrior You, we want to see you see yourself as the mission. And Lockie is a guy that helps people do just that. Righto, first some housekeeping, Live Warrior You podcast in Sydney coming up, it's gaining some momentum. It's a day after the muster on the 6th of December. The tickets are $50 throughout September and they're available at www.events.warrioru.com.au. If you want to get in and get your tickets, if you need me to... You know, if you want to email me for the link, if you didn't understand the email address, just send an email to bram at warrioru.com.au. And now, our newest sponsor, Get Some, has 10% off for all the Warrior U listeners. Get Some, that's the company's name. They're the Australian distributor of the Origin Labs Jocko Willink line of supplements. Go and check out their website to learn more about the product line or even have a look at their Instagram. It's pretty, pretty good. Workout, maintenance supplements, nutrition supplements, be sure to put in the code WARRIORU for 10% off the price, www.getsum.com.au. And I guess my personal favourite is the Jocko Discipline. It's a cognitive type nootropic and it's great for when you have to focus yourself with you know low stimulants because like me, you're probably drinking a heap of coffee. Get ready now for the Aussie Strength Clearance Sale too on the October 10th and 11th. They have over $2 million worth of strength equipment for sale and all will be reduced to clear. There's savings of up to 60%, uh, I'm led to believe, on some of the items. Go check out their website for amazing deals. Reach out direct to them and tell them that I sent you for a further reduction on the listed price. That's www.aussiestrength.com.au. Another great veteran-owned business. While you're online, go and, well, while you're actually online checking out Get some Aussie strength and, of course, Sword Australia for all of your military and law enforcement equipment. Why not also check out Ironside Coffee? www.ironsidecoffeeco.com.au. They have so much more than just coffee to offer you. They have um, tea, hot chocolate, 
merchandise, including T-shirts, wooden flags. You know, those wooden flags are a really unique gift if you think about it. And there's an IR one too. Um, There's an IR wooden flag, which is pretty cool. Awesome. They also have baseball caps as well. Go check them out after the podcast. They will also be at the Echelon Front Muster and at the Warrior U Live podcast event in December. So another reason to get your tickets. All right. Uh, the Warrior U podcast has now reached 150,000 downloads, has over 275 star reviews. This week I'm reading a review from Conan Franks. And Conan says, Outstanding podcast. One of the best leadership and military podcasts available. Good quality topics and conversation with all guests. Can't recommend this enough. Bram is a natural at doing podcasts. Keep up the great work. I don't know if I'm a natural. Um, I'm getting there though. Thanks, Conan. You're in the draw for the Echelon Front Master ticket worth over $2,500. We'll be announcing that on the 31st of October. Righto. Let's get into the show. So, Lockie Stewart, welcome to the Warrior U podcast. Thanks for being my guest. Thanks for having me on. Um, Excited to be on here. I stalked you on Instagram back when, back in the old, back in the day, back in the days when um, you could have likes on your uh, on your posts. <laughs> it's such a long time ago. It's it's such a great thing to have happened, hey. It feels like only yesterday that it changed. <laughs> well, it was it does, yesterday. Doesn't it? And the reason I, I wanted to reach out to you is because it's so funny. It's like you're what I'm aspiring to be interestingly but not really and you and I have different completely different backgrounds but we've ended up in sort of the same space but again not really but um what's interesting is that you're someone who is and we'll talk about life coach and what that is and mentor and the like but you're someone who's in that life coach sort of space mentor space as I am and you know I see myself to to you as a mentor and I see myself looking up to you in as a mentor is interesting right the way this sort of works but there's a reason that it works like that which i think we'll uncover as we go yeah and so i reached out to you on instagram and said hey man i'd just love to have a chat to you and then you sent me back a voice message on instagram (laughs) messenger which changed my life (laughs) how good i gotta just say the same thing for you man after you reached out i've checked out a lot of the stuff that you're doing and i've got huge respect for you and what you're what you're about and um, I'm definitely looking forward to hearing more about your story and, and journey and the stuff that you're up to as well. Cause I think it's phenomenal what you're doing. Well, thanks man. I'll pay you later. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so as an influencer, so your, um, your mission and I'm looking over here at the whiteboard cause I've got a big whiteboard that I use for podcasting. Your mission is showing men what they can truly be, which I think is a, an awesome mission. How did you come up with that as your, as your mission? The mission statement of that, it's, it's, come a long way originally it was like my goal and i you're probably in a similar similar boat as suicide something that i've uh, and mental health depression is something that i've been around and seen a lot of so my goal initially was like i want men to stop taking their lives um but i wanted to pre-frame it in a probably a more positive uh positive way so then i you know went through serious things but the simplest way of putting it was showing men what they can truly be because i think when men understand and recognize their potential they're less likely to experience, you know, the mental health uh, challenges that a lot of men are uh, faced with at the moment. So, you know, there's various ways to go about that, but that's the that's the clear mission. And do you think there's, and we're going to unpack a heap of stuff in that, but do you think that there's a, that perhaps in the modern society, there's no escape for 
for men with testosterone and you know, there's nothing left really to conquer and, and so that chemical reaction in the body is something that perhaps there's no outlet for that and that maybe that makes people depressed. Do you think that's part of it? or I definitely think it's part of it. There's a great book, I don't know if you've read it, by Johan Hapari. I don't quote me on the name, but... Uh, and he, he talks about like there's nine things that are leading towards depression and genetics and um, all that sort of stuff, uh, hormones, etc. Is while it's you know a, a thing that people can fall behind and use that as like I am depressed because of this. Um, it's not, it's just a small factor of it. Like there's still so many other things that can lead to that. So I think um, it definitely plays its role, um, but I think it's just one little aspect aspect of that is the genetics. Genetic, genetics part there's so many other things that men but what how's my sleep how's my nutrition how's my relationships how's you know what am i doing for myself there's so many other things that if someone comes to me and goes i'm feeling depressed well i want to go through this checklist and if you're not moving or eating well let's start there yeah and so it's a more holistic approach than just purely um testosterone yeah, yeah. i think i think you know it definitely plays its part um i think you look at the masculine, masculine energy and feminine energy and both men and women, women possess both. Um, I love nothing more than getting out outdoors and getting down and dirty and just, you know, being free to not wear shoes and a shirt and, you know, get dirty. I love that. And I think that makes me feel like a man, right? I, I, I feel really masculine in that moment. But then there's people and men included that would hate that, I think. So I think, um, you know, it definitely it plays its role, but I think as an individual understanding what it means to be a man for, for, for each individual and living true to that, that, you know, from a testosterone standpoint, there's nothing more uh, fulfilling than living that version of what man means to you. Man, I was so excited with um, having you on the show that I've completely forgotten to get you to tell everyone who you are or what you, what you're about or where you've come from. Um, let's do it. Let's do that. Let's get in, let's get into that bit and then we'll crack on a bit further. Yep. Cool. Um, I'll keep that short and sweet. So yeah, my name's Lucky. Uh, obviously I, um, grew up between sort of Gundawindi, Toowoomba is where my family property is. And then spent time in Toowoomba. Um, and I came from a, a really sporty background. So my whole life, my identity was being an elite level athlete and all I ever wanted to do was be professional. That was it. Like that was, I just was so certain that I was going to be a professional, whether I was a um, top two in Australia for 800 and 400 meter uh, athletics, but then, you know, chose rugby as my path um, and spent four years after school pursuing that dream. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to go over to France to play, which was uh, an incredible opportunity. Um, But what, what I saw looking back, I was just lucky the rugby player. I was just lucky the athlete. I had no idea who I was outside of that. And when things didn't start, you know, when things weren't going to plan, that's when I sort of started struggling with my own mental health issues, my own demons, because when I, you know, didn't crack it, I had no self-esteem, no self-confidence. All of a sudden, people didn't really want to talk to me. They didn't have anything to talk to me about because it was always, how's your athletics going or how's your rugby going? And once that was not happening, it's like, well, what else does lucky do? Not much. Yeah. So um, I did what I see a lot of men do, and I think a lot of people in general do is they find some kind of addiction that takes them away from whatever pain they're dealing with. And for me, it was loneliness, right? It was unfulfillment, self worth wasn't there. So every time that would come up, I didn't want to sit in sit in that emotion. 
it was very uncomfortable for me. And because I hadn't been taught how to talk, I hadn't been taught, you know, I hadn't been around many men that shared their emotions. So it was foreign when, when I was experiencing it, I felt odd. Yeah. I didn't feel like I was a man. And I, I, I assume you can definitely resonate with that. Um, so it wasn't until, you know, you sort of hit that rock bottom and everyone's rock bottoms, the worst thing that's probably ever going to happen in their life. Right. At this point, hopefully, cause you know, there's only one way to go, which is up. Um, and that was for me, the point where I started reading, actually reading was the first thing that sort of got me going. And I, when I read, I was like, shit, I just actually finished the book. I'd never finished a book in my whole life. And then I was like, I actually learned something from that as well. And I got so excited that I learned that I started videoing it on, um, Facebook. I started regurgitating the information that I was learning. That became a thing. And I've still got my very first video saved on my phone because when I was still in my yellow um, uh, laborers, laborers outfit, and I, I mumbled and I couldn't communicate properly. But I was just so excited that I'd learned that that just started my journey to wanting to be mm. a better version of myself. And that was when I started unpacking going, hey, I'm fucking depressed. I get anxious all the time. I'm really, really aggressive and violent and I need to understand why the fuck that is happening. Can I swear on this, by the way? Sorry. Mate, you, can, you, go can, to, cut you it. can go to town on this. Yeah. I've, I've talked about Thank shooting you. people on this <laughs> podcast. This is not an issue. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, I, that's when I started unpacking it and it was so confrontational. My um, brother and my, my dad and seeing, seeing how they have dealt with it, I never really understood it. I was just like, deal with it like I'm dealing with it as best as I can but I'm not causing a scene like you guys but then when I really got heavy in my own stuff like that's when I was like this is really hard and I asked for help for the first time that's why I message I still remember messaging my mum being like I really fucking need help because if I'm at the point where I don't care if I take too many drugs and I don't wake up like that's that's the point I was at like I never intentionally was like I'm going to kill myself but at the same time in the back of my head I was like if I OD I do not give a fuck yeah like the, so going through that and having, having that, those experiences and then getting to actually address my emotions, which is something that I'm like, we've all got it. And we've all got these unconscious walls and barriers that when you, when you push a man to try and get some information out of him, they'll put some form of block up, right? They'll go for a cigarette. They'll have a beer. They'll um, make some kind of, you know, larrikin joke. They'll do anything to get the attention off themselves. Yeah. But what completely changed my life was having someone who was ballsy enough to just sit there with me and go, right, oh, it's time to address it. Because yeah. if you don't address it, you're going to keep burying it and you're going to carry that. It's like you know, you're in the, the military walking around with a weight vest all the time as opposed to not wearing one. Mm. It's tiring. Yeah. One of the things I've noticed from um, all the amazing guests I have on this podcast is how the most successful people always seem to discover that they have to they have to be um, vulnerable in order to be successful at some point. That their success is restrained by a lack of vulnerability, and it's when people start to go, you know, especially especially men, when they say, "Look, here's this vulnerability that I have, or here's these weaknesses that I have." I mean, I, I I've got this saying, and some people have heard me say it before: you can't get fat from eating humble pie. Like I've lost a lot more stuff than I've won. I've just won the things that have kept me alive. Yeah. Talking about losers. What time did you do for the 800 meters back in back in school? I got down to 1:47. Fuck off! Really? And you're yeah, a, I, I and you're, and you're a, yeah, and you're a big rig. Not really, people. It's I had this conversation with someone today. They're like, "You look massive, but you like in person, I'm not. I'm only 180 centimeters and like 85 kilos. Like I'm not. 
Oh, huge. shit, you're smaller than me. Yeah, it's just no, all I'm about joking. the lighting, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, in, uh, in high school, I did a 153. And, um, but, you know, I say to I, – I was talking to my kids about that. And so that was in 1989, 1990, right? Yep. So I was 16, 17, 153. But I wasn't training. That's fine. That's just, That's that's just rocking up to Kensington in South Australia during the um, inter-schools and, and chucking up a third place, you know. So, that's unreal. Yeah, and so what, what – and it's interesting because I only understand from – from being in special forces all those years, what training actually does, the whole 10,000 hours and training and consistency. And, and, and those, if I had have had a coach, because we didn't have a running team at school either, if I'd had a coach and had been coached, I would have done okay. But, you know, um, I would have been 45 to 50 kilograms then. You know, I, I have tried to run in recent, day, recent days even, I've tried to run an 800 as absolutely fast as I can to see what I can do, and it is nowhere near. It's not in. Two, it's not inside two minutes. Nowhere near it. And and you you think to yourself how fast those kids are that are doing that. And one, I mean, anything below 150 is is getting towards world class trainable. Mm. Yeah. Oh, but that's a that's an, that's a whole other thing too. A 400 and an 800, completely different races. So that surprises me that you were. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that you were good at the four hundred, but not. I wouldn't have thought. I, you know, you would be good at it as an eight hundred meter runner, but I didn't think you'd be competitive at it. That's yeah. I think um, for me, I started off as like so I was across country, um, and as I got older and I started to fill out a bit, like I think when I was playing first fifteen rugby, I was seventy three kilos or something. Like I was still tiny for. Um, that, but every year I kept getting a little bit heavier, heavier and a little bit more muscle. So, and that changed my focus from you know training for the fifteen hundreds, the three thousands, five thousands, down to eight hundred. And then, you know, what made me such a good eight hundred meter runner was that I could smash the four hundred meters. So, my my strategy was to you know go out and do a 50, 50 sort of four second first lap and have people try and catch me. Yeah, yeah, not bad. I um my fifteen hundred time was was uh, under four minutes. And you, you just remember you hear about the four-minute mile and you think, oh, I'm only 100 metres off that, you know, and I'm doing like a 350-something, you know. But just worlds apart, isn't it? Like to, to, to that, that last 100 metres can be 25, 30 seconds. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and it's funny how you said like you've just been trying to run again. I, I was the same. I think um, three years ago I was like, I'm going to get back into athletics again. Like now's the time because I was, I was still 20 maybe and just getting back into you lose the, the conditioning the, the the style everything just felt like it was never going to get me back under two minutes again that's for sure yeah so what, what how did it, how did it look when you did it what sort of times are we talking for the for the 800 do you remember mate i i just did 400 and my i think my fastest was a minute three yeah yeah like and i was i was just my legs just felt lactate like I was, yeah, it was not fun. Yeah, no, nah, that would be brutal. Um, it's funny how you always look back on those times and go, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a 16 minute 5k runner." No, you're not, mate. <laughs> no. Yeah, you were. You were. Um, so fine. That's it. Oh, yeah. So you played you played rugby in in um, France for for a while. Now over there for about 18 months, uh, which was an incredible experience. I think. 
looking back, um, I wish I knew more about myself because I had an incredible opportunity to learn another language and really embrace another culture. And uh, who, who knows how it could have turned out had I have appreciated it. But for me, I never made the effort to learn the language. I would go to training. There was maybe five guys there that spoke English. I would speak to them only, go straight back to my apartment, watch YouTube, go back to training in the afternoon and just, I, and I got so lonely. Like I was spent, I was on Skype most of the time with people in Australia. Like I, looking back, I'm like, you had such an incredible opportunity and obviously hindsight's always incredible, isn't it? But I missed out on, I didn't miss out, but I, I was never encouraged to make the most of those opportunities. Mm. You know, so obviously you don't know what you don't know, but um, I didn't play very good rugby over there. I, I didn't do anything well over there, to be fair. Looking mm. back, I'm, yeah, it was just, just one of those things that, in saying that, that's taught me so many lessons to never make the same mistakes again mm. uh, in terms of opportunities and, and experiences. But at the time, I'm like, damn it. Yeah. 21-year-old, he didn't know anything. Yeah. And I, and I suppose you, you're able to help um, some of those rugby players now that are heading over there and, and, and help them with that immersion and you know, I mean, a lot of what I do is don't make the mistakes I made. So I'm sure I'm sure that there's people that reach out to you and you can say, hey, don't do this, don't do that, and think about this, think about that. Yep, definitely. And unfortunately, one of my mate, best mates is just retired from AFL, and he he's going to go like he's going through something similar, um, where it's like, well, what's what's life after after footy? Um, and I'm in a fortunate position to be like, well, this is what it was like for me. I'm not. It's nothing's guaranteed that it's going to be the same, but. You know, often hearing people's experiences, which is you know what you'll you do with the podcast and your page and everything you're doing is sharing your experiences, etc. And the same for me that some people out there are like, holy shit, I resonate with that message, and now it's like they just stick to you like glue because you know you're you're paving like doing what you do is so incredible because you're literally paving the way for so many people that you know need someone like you to go first. Yeah. So one of the one of the things that I and the reason the reason I started this was because um, I didn't like the idea of veterans being referred to as victims. I, I feel that there's a lot of not for profits out there that get a lot of advantage out of veterans leaving the ADF with a victim mind state, and nothing could be further from the truth. They're 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 fucking champions, right? They're, they've been upskilled. They're smart. They're agile. They're you know robust. And um, yeah, one of the one of the things that I thought about was that what isn't being addressed is the separation anxiety disorder of having to change your or being aware of yourself as a person away from the career defining moments or or the personal defining moments based on the career. So for you, your persona was a rugby an Australian rugby player playing first grade in in France. And that's that's Lockie the rugby player. Suddenly, you're not Lockie the rugby player. You're this, just this guy on drugs, you know. And it's a completely different guy. It's the same as the it's the same as the guy who's in special forces one minute, or is in infantry, is in one RAR or six RAR or seven RAR. He's in wherever one minute. The next minute, he's left the ADF and he's walking around the streets. And he's a guy that used to do this, but he's not that person now. And it's really hard to have that self awareness of where you are in time and space. And what that personality inside that body now is, and we all wear, you know, we all wear body armor. So my body armor was Major Bram Connolly, 
Like, you know, I was a special forces major and before that a special forces captain. Before that was in the tactical assault group and that was my body armour and that's what I showed the world, you know. And now I'm not. Now I walk around and, you know, I have conversations with people and they're like, oh, so what do you do? I say, uh, you know, I'm, I host a podcast, you know. I'd, but now that's awesome, you know, or I write military thrillers. Well, now that's awesome because I've made it awesome for myself. But you have to see that this new thing is, is just as awesome as what you're doing before. And um, it's the same with you, you know, you're, what you were doing before was, you know, your, your body armour was, here I am, I'm Lockie, I'm a strapping rugby player and I'm in France and I'm killing it, you know, when really you deep down you, you probably weren't because you weren't being set up with mentors, but we'll get that in a minute. You know, but now you're, you're Lockie, you know, you're, you're, this, you're an influencer, you really are, but you, you have your own, you know, coaching business, you know, strength and conditioning and performance and, oh, by the way, life coaching, well, that's you now. That's your new armour. Well, we should change that name, yeah. shouldn't we, life coaching? It's shit. I know. <laughs> warrior coach. So, You're a fucking no, warrior coach. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it. Life coaching. Every the time first I time, it, I get like shiver. First time I saw cringe. that, I was walking through North Sydney 20 years ago, 15 years ago, and there was this gold placard on a, on a brick wall and with a Jaguar in, up in the driveway and it was raining and, you know, the leaves, the water's dripping over the leaves onto the pavement and, you know, you look at this old red brick building and it had life coach written, you know, and I went, what a fucking, what, what the fucking life coach? Someone's going to tell you how to use your credit cards, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I, it never really dawned on me that it was a thing. It's like, it's, and it's a very, very real and very interesting and rich industry it's the same as, um, you know, meditation. Like I, back in the day, I was like, meditation? What the, I can be quiet, just lay behind a gun on picket for like three hours. That's meditation. No, no, it's not, mate. <laughs> That's not meditation. Perspective. Yeah. Um, it, but it, 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 is, it is an interesting thing. I, I literally hate the word life coach. Mm. Um, but like you said, it, it, it's one of those industries that booming because more and more people are and whether it's from social media or podcasts or you know we've all got access but it's like people are wanting change they've seen how people before us have turned out and it's like we don't want to live like that like everyone's obviously gone through what they've gone through with the the knowledge and experience that they've had and they've done the best that they can at that point in time but it's like we we live in a time now where there's so much opportunity and um information that we can literally be do or have whatever we want yeah so yeah, like mentors, like you, you sort of touched on just before, is like whether you invest in a, a person, mentor like yourself, myself, or you just listen to podcasts like this, um, you can always continue to be upskilling, right? Yeah. Yeah, so nice. self-awareness and, and people just going through life without making any plans and, and things like that and the whole life coaching industry. I was saying to someone a while ago, and he's one of my best friends, I was saying, oh, you know what's really interesting is that, you know, I've got a – I've got this distinguished service medal for leadership and and I'm studying leadership and I teach leadership and I love leadership and the irony of it all is I don't lead anyone anymore. I don't have a team that I'm in charge of that I stand in front of and give them guidance and direction and I was really bummed by that, you know, and he turned to me and he goes, mate, you've got like 100,000 downloads on this podcast and what part of leadership don't you understand? I was like, oh, <laughs> No, it's a fair call. Like I didn't really get that. That was a, it's a different type of leadership, and it, and you know we talk about life coaching, 
um, you know, my life is as much of a train smash as anyone's life, really. You know, I've got multiple stuff going on, multiple projects, you know, juggling all these bloody crystal balls and letting the rubber ones bounce. So I'm not in any position to tell people how to run their lives, but I can certainly tell people how to learn experiences from other people who've been there and to, and, and I mean, my secret weapon is positivity. Yeah, and I'm, I'm wondering if you're finding the same sort of thing, really. You know, if if Lockie's life is Lockie's life now. I mean, I see you killing it in the gym, you know, cross, crossfitting. Yeah, I try to try to um, definitely relate with what you said. I'd never tell people what they should do. Yeah, It's more so, you know, if I have an experience that can relate to that or if I know of similar uh, stories or people's experiences that, you know, they might be able to get feed, uh, value. But what I try to always do is help people um, reframe what they're actually experiencing so that they can take, like you said, a positivity, like get a positive experience from it. Like always take that highest intention from everything, the good, the bad, because there is always that. It's like self-awareness. If I'd have had the self-awareness when I was, you know, 14, all the experiences that I'd been through, like one of my, uh, a guy I used to run with committed suicide when I was 14 and I didn't even cry about that. I held the, I had the paper clip, clipping for years. I still have it. And I never allowed myself to cry or learn any experiences from that. I just completely shut that emotion off. Mm. Didn't ever think about he may be unhappy or other, other mates in my life may be experiencing that. You just carry on. And since then I've had 13 mates commit suicide. Is that right? Now there's a bit more awareness that you're like, right, well, what can we learn from that unfortunate event? And it comes back to being positive. It's like, if you look at everything that happens in your life, is, but it's like there's got to be a positive or, you know, for example, if someone does something bad to you, they're doing, the, they're doing it from a place that they think it's bringing a, a benefit to them. So if you can understand that, yeah. it's like it's always a positive. Mm, mm. So it's exactly, exactly as you said, like finding that, that, that positivity mm. in all of it and helping people come to that awareness themselves. How do you help people set? set goals or tasks or five-year plans or, or, or whatever? How does, it, how does it work? I always start with personal core values. That's the, the mm, nice. root, root cause for me. Because so, a lot of people, and I know a lot of people listening to this and yourself even, say so you've had friends in your life that you just don't even know why they're your friend. You just don't feel, you don't want to go to that. I don't really want to go to this. And then there's events and people that you're like, I want to hang out with them, I want to. Because generally there's some alignment in value. Mm. Like for me, you know, people watch this, but on my uh, phone screen, I've got my personal core values. And I use six, you can use three, six, whatever your number is, but health, happiness, integrity, appreciation, adventure, growth. Yeah. Right. So everything that I do in my life, big decisions have to be aligned with that. If they're not, like, I'm wasting my time. So, like, when I'm setting goals, it's like if it ticks growth, if it ticks adventure, you know, all that, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a goal that I'm going to wake up every day being like, let's attack it. If yeah. it's, you know, taking me away from those things, I'm like, probably will lose interest in maybe 10 days. Yeah. What were the values so, again? My personal values? Yeah. Health, happiness, integrity, appreciation, adventure, and growth. Yeah, right. Mine, mine uh, I don't know if you've heard the podcast I've done on this. Mine are competitive, loyal, giving, vindictive, and thoughtful. Interesting. Right. So, yeah, it is interesting, right? Because, and some people have said they're not values, they're characteristics. And I get, I sort of get that as well. Um, so they're not, they're, they're things which, 
you know, values, values are the things that are important to you or your organisation. They're the things that, that you won't compromise on or to put it another way, you won't let them be beaten out of you. Um, to put it yet another way, I believe that a value and a characteristic, you know, they drive your behaviours and the things that motivate us and guide our decisions. So I had to, I had to take this long, hard look at myself and, and for me to say things like happiness and, you know, um, what was the other ones that you said, happiness? Integrity, appreciation. Uh, adventure growth health yeah i guess when i looked at it i went well who am i you know and i'm competitive you know so if if something's not a competition then you know and i'm competitive to a fault and i know that about myself so i can be too competitive sometimes so i need to be able to you know rein that that one in and then it was like vindictive as a as a value well i am vindictive yep. if you cross me i'm gonna get you you know but i'm also but that's juxtaposed by the fact that i'm quite thoughtful and so yep. I, I may think about just letting it slide, you know. And so, you know, yeah, it was a, it was a really it was one of these podcasts that I did where I had to really think deeply about it. And like, so the values of the tactical assault group, for instance, are toughness, not fitness. So they they'd prefer you to be tough, not fit. Team, not self. So it's all about the team, not the individual. Um, conversation, not denigration. So if it's if you're not having a if you're not talking for the for the point of of talking about something and you're talking about someone else, well, that's denigration, so it doesn't exist. Um, confidence, not arrogance. So everything you do should be trained so that you become really confident in what you're doing. But if, if you're arrogant about it, well, that's no that's no longer professional. That's something else. That's yeah. quite often bullying. And then stewardship, not ownership. You know, you're looking after this for the next generation. And the guy that came up with that was Tim Curtis. Um, Tim and Ben Pronk have their have their own podcast. I think it's um, uh, it's doing quite well actually. They well, Tim in, in particular, when he sat down and thought about those, their, their podcast is um, the Unforgiving Sixty. Um, when they came, when he came up with those values, I think he he saw the best and worst in people and and wanted the best of people in that tactical assault group and not the worst of them. So when I went and looked at my own personal values. I had to go, well, I'm actually really flawed in lots of ways. You know, I'm competitive, I am loyal, I'm giving, I am vindictive and I am thoughtful. And then I had to sort of like work out a statement around each one of those, not just the word. Because, yep. um, you know, giving sounds really a really promising value. The problem is I give yep. way too much and I'll go broke and I need to remember yep. that, you know. And, and it's the same as vindictive sounds really bad when it's just a word. But when I put it into a... Um, when I put that into a, a paragraph, into a context, it was different. You know, I'm vindictive to my enemies, and I'll take joy in their demise. But I need to think about why I would do that. I need to be, and I'm, because I'm thoughtful about everything, you know, I, de- I generally let people get away with it, sort of thing. Yeah, it was. A, yep, yep. It was a really sort of introspective moment for me to come up with those. Yeah, it's if I if I were to show that for me as well adventure I'd be like well that means something completely different to you so right. put, like you said put it in context for yourself for what that means so you know how to fulfill that yeah and I, and I I think also the the idea of putting vindictive in there for me was there is a dark side to humanity and there is a dark side to every person and and it was probably the first time that I had um, openly said it and let people know what actually is going on inside this brain of mine because you never truly know another person. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? 
and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. What's going on in their heads? And I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll put that out there and I'll show people. And it's confronting that now people know what they're getting. <laughs> I think it's phenomenal because if we had more of that, that real talk and ownership of, of who you are as an individual, then people would be like, shit, I'm going through that as well. Yeah, and less people would fuck with me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. But they know what they're getting themselves in for. No, it's all good. Um, so, you know, you look like a men, uh, you should be on the cover of Men's Health, mate. So, what what do you? What, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take that. So, what yeah. what do you what do you um, what do you think is the most important thing for, for for health? Like, do you think it's is it a combination of things? Do you think that it's um. You know, is it sleep? Is it diet? Is it training? What do you think? I think it's a combination. I think first and foremost, it's um, understanding whether you're training or just exercising. I, I think there's a there's a big difference. A lot of people are following people on Instagram who are training, and that's their full time. They might be an influencer or they may be an athlete, and people look up to them and go, "How do I be like that? I need to train." And they're like, "When you're training, you're destroying a lot of the time your nervous system if, you, if you've got family." work, you know, all these other stresses on top of it. So I urge people to, first of all, get really clear on that. And 99% of people are training for exercise, like they're exercising. So it's just there to help them make daily life easier. Yeah. So um, then from that once, you know, people come to that realization, it's, it's a combination. I would always, you know, sleep is the most important thing. Yeah. It's like it's where everything repairs and recovers. So if you're not getting enough sleep, don't go and destroy your body with exercise. Yeah, it's, that's a that's a something that needs to be done. But go sleep. Yeah, do some do some yoga or some stretching or something to yeah. keep your mobility. And then mm. When you start prioritizing it a bit more, then we'll start implementing um you know exercise back into it. Yeah, they say you can't um, exercise your way out of a bad diet, but I'm living proof that actually um, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, and. I agree with you. Sleep is the is the most important thing. Um, I really like what you say. I've heard you say it a few times. I've looked through a few of your posts that that say the same sort of thing in a, in a different sort of way. Is um, know what you're training for, and and I and I thought of Tia Toomey when you said you know people saying yeah. you know because I'm sure there's CrossFit there's girls out there who are doing CrossFit and they're doing you know a, a session a day and they're looking at Tia Toomey going. You know, I want to be like that. Well, you're not going to be like that unless you're doing six to eight hours a day. No, it's live and breathe it. Yeah, and and it's the same with me. I mean, I look at even I even look at someone like you who's doing this as a a ninety five percent of your work. You know, yeah. and and I and I do I'm doing three different jobs of varying degrees of time consumption and have two kids. You know, uh, uh, ten and seven, and you know the, things got to give balancing yeah. act. Exactly. You've got that training for training for fitness. You've got training because you're an athlete, but then you've also got the training from the mental health aspect. Like I went for a run the other day just because it was warm and it was a warm day here in Perth and I wanted to get the shirt off and get out in the sun. It was 21 degrees and that had nothing to do with fitness and it had nothing to do with anything other than just being out there and sweating a bit. 100%. Mm. And that, literally so many of our mental challenges 
can be dealt with, you know, for example, going out for a run in the sun, getting vitamin D. How often do people actually get outside? Mm, mm. How often do people get out in nature? Mm. How often do people get in the ocean? It, it is exactly more than that. But if you can combine all of it, like I love going for a run with my lid off. It's incredible. Run with your lid off. <laughs> yeah. Your shirt off. <laughs> Queensland thing maybe. I've seen, I've seen a lot of um, studies around diet and depression as well. And, uh, and, and, I, and I think that that's – I think there's so much to that, you know, the modern diet and, and how it leads people to be depressed. And a lot of, a lot of guys eat a lot of um, meat and processed foods and the like and, then, and, and dairy and cheeses. And, you know, I've just gotten off, off watching Rich Roll's um, uh, What the Health recently. And, yeah, right. And, you know, I just wish that they'd made it less um, – I wish it had been more balanced. Yeah, because it's, it's – It's militant. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's militant, but at the same time, it's eye opening. Yeah. If we can, yeah, educate people, because I remember growing up, and you probably were the same. It's like on TV, as and because I wanted to be an athlete, I saw Milo cereal, um, Nutrigrain, all these things, and you're like, that's all I'm eating. Like I'm all, I'm going to be healthy, and then you find out that there's so much crap in it. Yeah. Where do I go next? Like, if the one thing that was supposed to be healthy yeah. for me isn't, what, yeah. what do I have for breakfast? Yeah, Trevor Hendy wasn't smashing a bowl of Bloomin' Milo cereal before doing uh, Cool and Gutter. Nah, exactly. So there's a, it's once again this comes all of this comes back to like unfortunately marketing and stuff. Their goal is to sell product. It's not really always for the greater good of of us individuals, right? So it's up to us to do our due diligence and take ownership of that. Going back to that and creating awareness. If you really want to get the best out of your sleep and your body, your relationship, your mental health, your everything, start educating yourself. Yeah. Put some time into it, you know what I mean? Like that's – otherwise if you just believe everything you watch and read and hear. Yeah. And that's what you and I are doing as well with the little tribes and followings that we have is like, hey, I've learned this. Um, let me share it with you. You know, like, hey, here's an idea for making a pizza instead of a pizza, you know, and, you know, things like things like that. And I love being challenged as well. When someone questions me, I used to get real. And I actually, to be fair, I still do get like, "How dare you?" But at the same time, then I'm, I'm like, "That's the emotion. That's the ego." And then um, I'll think about. It, I'm like, I could probably learn. And I probably will learn something from this conversation. So I'm all, all about it because I, I definitely don't know anything. I'm like most people. We're learning stuff every day, and sometimes my ego gets in the way, and I'm like, "Nah, it's my way or the highway." But at the same time, I'm still wanting to be able to learn and grow because i don't know all the answers do you get many people comment to you through instagram and facebook yeah my instagram is not yeah and but to be honest so a lot of my content's aimed at men but i'll get women like talking like how do i help my husband how do i help my partner my partner's done this and it's crazy mm. like, yeah it's it just goes to know that like so many of us men are still so poor at communicating yeah and having that self-awareness like we're still like I used to be or, you know, where I, I couldn't communicate. I'd, my communication was anger, alcohol, you know, doing all that sort of stuff that women, I truly believe women care so much about us. They're trying to get us help and they'll do whatever. But it's like as a male, it's like when they're trying to tell us what to do, we're also conflicting because it's like I don't like being told what to do. Yeah. But going back to like how we look at it from a, a positive state, it's like, well, what's, what's, what's my partner trying to achieve? She just wants me to be happier. She mm. wants me to, us to have a better relationship, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. 
so yeah, I do get a lot of like I'm always having chats with um that's how my whole business works is through Instagram and Facebook, but I literally have more conversations with females about their partners than I do um, to men, which is incredible. And you have you have like nearly eighteen thousand followers on on Instagram, and they're like legitimate. It's a legitimate following. It's not like clickbait um, like some people's, and, and that's a that's a lot of that's a lot of people to be interacting with. Like I've seen back when back when you could see the likes a few days ago, some of those yeah. posts would get you know hundreds to thousands of of likes and comments. Um, yeah, yeah that, that is impressive. What, what do you think about the whole um, toxic masculinity? And, and, you know, it's funny because when that all came around, I remember thinking, I'm not seeing much of that actually. I'm seeing toxic um, – what I'm seeing from masculinity is, is them dying. I'm not, seeing them, yeah. I'm not seeing them pushing masculinity on the world and trying to make the world masculine. But anyway, I'm sure there's a lot of very, very left-wing people that would love to counter-argue this. Yeah, and I, I, did you see the Gillette ad? I don't know if you saw that Gillette Yeah, I did, commercial. yeah. yeah. Um, so my view, when I saw it, I, I was like, well, I don't live in the world where I focus on toxic masculinity or it's not, it's not a thing for me. Just like, um, you know, there's all these subcultures in the world where some people dislike um, gay people, right, or, or blacks or, you know, there's, there's always that sort of stuff. And to me, I'm like, we're all fucking human beings. Who cares what anyone does? Mm. And the whole toxic masculinity thing is like, I, I've never really, and I, it happens 100%, like there's, there's gender equality and all that sort of uh, inequality and stuff. But like where I've been fortunate is like I've seen men trying to be understood. Like the last six years in all my world's revolved around is men trying to be better. Right, men trying to find balance in their masculine and feminine energy because they know, you know, holding that masculine, that macho front is not working. It's not serving. Mm. So where I spend most of my time, it, to me, I was like, "Fuck, toxic masculinity is that a thing?" Yeah, I've I've and, heard people. I've heard some people saying uh, a really smart mate of mine actually um, was talking about it's a it's a it's a made up term. To be able to support, be able to support a counter argument to something that doesn't actually exist in the way that in the way that they're framing it to exist, um, and you know, and I'll caveat that by saying, my my great great grandfather was around, you know, during World War One and went through the depression. His son was his son was born into a into a world where they didn't communicate because he was never there because he was working trying to make just enough money so they could eat and then and then World War Two came along and the whole world thought that that they were that they were in danger and so and and then, and then my grandfather was a product of that who then had my father and my father didn't talk to his father because his father never talked to his father and then I grew up with a father who thought that emotions should be stifled and we shouldn't talk about this shit and oh by the way if you want to solve toxic masculinity start five generations ago you know like you know and and here i am now trying to teach my sons and every now and then i find that it slips out like guys man up you know but that's not what i mean i don't mean it like that but it comes across like that and then they hear it and they're going to say it to their kids you know and but but you know at the same time i'm trying to create modern warriors and that's men and women you know? Exactly. That's where it's like where we're giving men to man up and, and obviously where it's come from, yeah, but it's like 
I'm assuming when you say it, it's like just to, to have a little bit of resilience because it can go the complete other way where people don't have any resilience anymore. Mm. Right? We don't want to, I don't want to live in a world where people are getting offended by every little thing that comes out of someone's mouth. It's like, that's your own shit. If you're getting offended by that. Yeah. Like you, if we focus on what we should be focusing on, which is ourselves and the people that really matter, like people are always going to say stuff that offends us. Mm. It's going to be politically incorrect and all that sort of stuff. But the best way for you to improve on that is ignore it and continue whatever your mission is. So if you hear something that is deemed um, politically incorrect, for example, it's like, don't acknowledge it. Like that shit's always going to happen. Yeah. You just perform higher on the other side of the fence. Mm. It's like right now people are still killing themselves, right? There's, there's a lot of hurtful shit going on in the world, but we're not focusing on that. Mm. We're trying to bring it, you know, bring, bring this awareness to people. Mm. There's always going to be people slandering blacks, homophobic, like all that sort of stuff. And it's, it's horrible. But we got to be on the other side of the, the fence pushing stuff the other way. If we get caught up in this argument, no one's doing anything. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I quite often will, you know, if I hear um, someone talk about ethnicity, um, you know, colour, uh, religion, whatever, you know, I, I will always side with, you know, saying don't oppress. Like, don't, what, why are you raising that? You know, because I feel that not saying something is akin to saying it. Um, and, and, but you know, I, I sort of feel like a modern a modern warrior. What they need to be is someone who's well grounded, educated, and empathetic. You know, and and empathetic towards anyone who from a different position that they're in. You know, the old saying. I thought about it yesterday because I've been hurt my Achilles, and I'm walking along going, "Jesus, this hurts." You know, and I was thinking, uh, "Walk a mile in my shoes." You know. Um, yep. and, and just how pertinent that is, you know, walk a mile in someone else's shoes before you, yeah. And so, yeah, that seek first to understand mm. before being understood because people are always wanting to snap back and get their point of view across rather than saying what, what's led you to have this belief or what experience has given you this belief. Mm. Now, your, so your podcast is The Man That Can. Yeah. I thought it was reasonably new and then I started going through it. There's a lot of content in there. Yeah, it's been it started. I think at the end of 2017. Yeah. I want to give it a big plug here because I was going through it going, "Oh, that looks interesting." And like there's a lot of that, isn't there? Because it's it's it seems to be a almost like a record of your thoughts, you know, of of oh, this week I want to tackle this. And I really like it. Yeah, it's good. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think uh, I've had amazing guests on from time to time, but it's literally whenever I'm dealing with something and I overcome it, the next, like I always have that moment where I'm like, I'm going to blog. I think I I just, everything I go through and experience, I share on Instagram or podcast because when I get to go back in 20 years time and listen to my podcast or um, watch my Instagram, it's like I get to see the growth that I've experienced or how I articulated things because I'm not the best with words. I'm the first to admit that. So the more I practice the better i'm going to be in and hopefully in 10 years time i'm like a wordsmith that'd yeah. be amazing wouldn't it um yeah and so what do you think the secret to life is then because i think i've worked it out can you tell me the secret then i think i can i secret to life that is a phenomenal question i think it's balanced happiness mm. and what i mean by that is 
everything I do, all the decisions that I make around my career, my relationships, my friendships, where I live is, is the umbrella effect of what I want my life to look like in 10 years time. Mm. So the reason why I'll never be employed by anyone or I'll, um, at this stage and things will change, who knows? Um, because I know I want to live in the hinterland. I know I want to have a flexibility with my work hours. I know how much money I want to earn. I know what fulfills me. So I know I want to be surfing a lot, being outdoors in the hinterland, etc. So, at times, there's going to be things that I have to do that, like, for example, right now, living in Brisbane is not ideal because I want to be surfing every day. I've got some other things in play, like I get to train a lot and hang out with some pretty incredible people as well. My happiness is still thriving. Mm. So I think for me, the, the secret to life is, and, you know, connection, relationships, is, is balanced happiness. Nice. I like it. I'd love to hear yours. Give me the, give me the secret juice. Well, I think you've, I think you've, I think you've answered what mine is without really realizing it, and I've sort of tried to take you on that journey. And for me, I think the the secret to life is self development. Um, I think the minute we we don't see ourselves as our greatest mission, we we wither and die on the vine. And so everything you've done seems to be around that around that sort of pillar of self development, um, as it is with me, you know. Being better than what you were yesterday, seeking new new information, seeking out authors and and books that you know are going to give you little knowledge nuggets, yeah. And that that and I mean, what you said is perfectly okay as well, and probably just as just as important. Yep. Let's talk lifting. Yeah, favorite. What are you squatting? Actually, up to one eighty now, which is Jesus. Exciting for doing small legs. That's pretty good. I think I did a PB the other day of 147, which I thought was good. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, 180. That's massive. And and I saw you do a uh, a muscle up the other day. Yeah. Love my gymnastics. It's been fun. Yeah, that was, imp- that, that was impressive because it was like really slow butterflies and they were just getting higher and higher. And I was thinking, geez, this guy's going to be able to do it. Yep, there he is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, muscle up. We're doing a complex like because – I'm really poor at uh, the butterfly chest of bars. So we're doing a few chin-ups then into – so being able to transition movements without mm. breaking. Mm. Um, it's a strange it's, movement. It's because you're like scooping water the opposite direction. Yeah, it's weird, man. Yeah, I still can't. If I, if I film myself doing a bar muscle-up by itself, it's a different movement than my butterflies, whereas your butterflies and your bar muscle-up was the same thing. I was really impressed with it. Are you crossfitting as a as a general rule, or are you are you doing your own stuff, or how does it work? Yeah, so I do all my own programming. Um, my focus at the moment is CrossFit, and when I because I retired, I retired from footy at twenty three, so I still have that. I'm super competitive, like yourself, and I have that burning desire to prove myself mm. in in the, the athletic space. So two years ago, yeah, coming up two years ago, I set a goal where I was like, I just want to be a an elite level CrossFit athlete. Jesus. Um, Good. So that's what I've been training for. So I, I, a lot of my lifestyle, and this is why for people who follow me, I'm like, don't follow me for, um, you can get a few tips, but I'm training for performance. Like I'm not training for health. I would, I'd say a lot of the stuff I do is unhealthy because mm. I'm pushing my body to the limit most days. Mm, yeah. Yeah. No, they should definitely, your followers should definitely follow me if they want to know about training to be unhealthy 
like not <laughs> not training not training for performance because um I, I I purely train to feel good. Like I um I'll go out in the gym and go ah oh, bugger it I'm just gonna squat all day or I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do deadlift Sunday is deadlift day um yeah, yeah n- no I'm getting there I'm getting there so how CrossFit's competitive man and so to say like I, I've got a goal of being in in the Masters CrossFit in my fifties right. And I've worked out what I need to do between now and then to do that. And it, there is not a hope in hell of me achieving that because, you know, because, <laughs> because the guys that are going to, the guys that are my age are your rich fronings and, <laughs> you know, guys like that that'll be in the same sort of, well, they're a few, they're five, five years younger, let's say, five, 10 years younger in yeah. some cases, but they're all going to be in the master's groups. Some of the, some of the CrossFit athletes that, are, that I'm friends with, ex-army guys as well, you know, they say it's a full-time job to be even at the bottom of the pecking order in that regard. So, so where are you at the moment? Yeah, about there. I um, <laughs> yeah. I finished, I got injured in the last open. I did my shoulder mm. on muscle ups. Actually, mm. I was sitting to two hundred. So, my first year, which was last year, like the twenty eighteen, I think I finished like twelve hundred. This year, I was hoping for a top two hundred, and now. At the moment where I'm sitting, I want to be top 40, which will get me to the next level. Is that top 40 in Australia or top 40 in the world? Yeah, whatever comp I end up going okay. in, just got to most of them are top 40 yeah. to, to qualify for that event. So I'm um, wanting to go to the French throwdown, so go back to France for a bit, and yep. then um, the Gold Coast one as well. So, How much of CrossFit is physical and how much of it is mental at that level? I reckon... Physically, it takes it takes its toll, hundred percent. But mentally, you just got to be willing to, like, it is. I don't think people, and I didn't understand it. Like, um, I train who's like you got to live, you got to sleep. Like, I prioritize sleep over. I sacrifice so much for CrossFit, and this is why I say to people like, don't follow me for general fitness because I don't drink a lot. I prioritize my sleep. I prioritize my nutrition. I prioritize all this stuff so that when I go to the gym tomorrow. I can perform well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot of that. That's mental. Like to be able to say no and to be disciplined and then when you get in the gym and have an intention for every single exercise, it's like my intent for this back squat is, you know, to pause in the bottom or to, to get power out of it. My intent for this workout is to breathe. My intent for like – and here, here's the next workout where I just got to fucking sit in the pain cave for 15 minutes. Right. The thing that I the thing that I used to be really good at as a as a young guy was was being able to hurt myself. I lost that along the way somewhere, whether that's resilience or what that is. And and I haven't been able to get fitter recently. And, and I, I realized it was because I'm not able to go into that pain cave anymore. I don't like it. And so I'm focusing this year on doing things that take me outside that comfort zone for long periods of time. Call it resilience, what you will. Resilience is one of those things where if you're not training that, it disappears. It slowly disappears, just like fitness does. You know, sure, you've got a frame of reference for something hard you've done before, but it might as well be a, a one minute 43, you know, 800 meters. Yeah. Great. Well done, mate. You're only as good as the next 800 meters and you barely, you've got an Achilles heel that's not working, you know? So, yeah. yeah. So, and resilience is exactly the same. And, and something like, um, you know, we did a, a workout when I was doing my level level ones and it was, you know, 15 thrusters at 40 kilograms and 15 burpees three times two for time, you know, 
and I was dead last. And I wasn't dead last because I was the most unfit person there. I was dead last because I wasn't able to do unbroken thrusters at 40 kilograms for three sets of 15 anymore because my, my, my body could have done it, but my mind was like, nah. <laughs> but where's that go? It just disappears, but you've got to get it back. And so now it's like, okay, I'm going to wall ball. I'm, tomorrow is, you know, tomorrow is Saturday. And my workout tomorrow is to wall ball three times max efforts, right? And that, and that might be 20. It might be 50. Yep. I don't know what it's going to be. If it's what 50, do you feel it's going to be? It'll be about 1,000. Hell yeah. <laughs> but it'll be, what it, it'll be whatever it'll be. You know, but that's yep. how I'm now trying to get that resilience back, you know, that yep. mental toughness back because that's gone and that's gone because I, um, because I just let it go. You know, I, I started yep. to started to walk, you know, when I felt tired or I started to do this and that. And I don't know whether that's aging or whether aging is an excuse or what it is, but it's one of those things where I look at those top-level athletes at, at um, CrossFit and I wonder, you know, is this guy able to win because he can just do another 20 or 30 seconds on that air dine that no one else can do, you know? I, I My training partner, and I, the reason why he is my training partner is because he's got the stuff that I don't. And I feel the same as you. When I played rugby, I, like, played with broken noses and, or, like, broken shoulder. And then I had four years off sport. And now it's, like, it, it's the same. I, I don't like going to that place. So Brad, who I train with, he loves that place. Yeah. And he's three years younger than me. So what's helped me is because he loves it, I don't want to be beaten by this young dude. So my competitive side's just hurting myself to, to do it. And it's helped me get comfortable in that space. Again, I still got a lot of work to do on it. I, I still don't feel I'm as mentally tough as I used to be. Mm. But I'm trying to do as much as I can to, to get used to that again. Yeah. And, and I, I noticed it the other day, Lockie, got a swimming pool out the back which would be in single digits it's basically a cold immersion pool this time of year um and we did a 10k run and i was like i'm gonna get in the pool and of course my wife's like you're a bloody idiot you know and um i got in it for 30 seconds and the whole body was like when i got it was when i got out i couldn't stand any longer when i got out it was agony and then I went, right, I'm going back in. She goes, what do you mean? I said, I'm going to do this five times until, until, and just keep doing it. And the second time I got in, I lasted probably 10 seconds longer. And yeah. then by the fourth time that I got in, my body, I felt like my mind and body were like, okay, this is going to bloody hurt, but we, can, we, can do, we know what this is going to be like, and you can survive this. Yeah. And, the, and then I know the pain is going to be when I get out, and so that I'm trying to extend it so I don't have to be in that pain when I get out. And then, but the pain's getting less and less every time. Yep. And now I don't have a sauna to do to do the um what's that called when you do yeah. hot cold, 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 cold contrast contrast yeah. contrast um recovery, but um yeah it's you know now I'm doing it now it's my secret weapon I'm in there every other day because I'm trying to fast track that resilience. There's no better way to fast track resilience than to be cold, wet, hungry, tired, miserable, or other than getting shot at. If I could get shot at, as the same maybe. If I could get someone to come around my place and shoot at me with an AK forty seven while I'm sitting in my pool at the back, maybe I could speed it up. You know, like we could we could start a business, you and I. <laughs> Jesus, that would be next level. That. But it's an it's a non in it's almost a non invasive way of building that mental um, resilience and toughness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't try this at home. Um, <laughs> um, so whereabouts can people find you, Lockie, if they want to if they if they'd like to do your life coaching courses. Um, we got it, man. What are we going to come up with? 
I've literally thought of that's why mine says performance coach. Life performance coaching? Maybe. I don't know. Not be such a fuck up. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a to not be such a fuck up coach. How I became not such a fuck up. Coach. Yeah. Showing me. Yeah, you can find me on my website, which is lockiestewartcoaching.net, not .com. That was already taken. Um, or my podcast, The Man That Can. Um, and the Instagram is just my name, Lachlan Stewart, which is where I'm most active on, on Instagram, yeah. Yeah, and I've seen, I've seen some of your um, – some of the different offerings that you have for, for, for guys that want to come on and do performance coaching. Um, just talk us through those different levels and, and what people get out of it. Yep. So there's three levels, so depending on each individual. So how, how people can actually work with me is like I only want to work with committed people who are at a certain sort of level of awareness um, – and it always starts with a 15-minute what I call a laser call to just find out what's going on in people's lives, where they want to go, what, what's that sort of midline which they need improvement on. And then from that we'll go, if I feel I can help them, we go into what's called discovery call, which takes about an hour and we try and get into the nitty-gritty. Um, from that, depending on how, how comfortable the person is, they decide which option they want. So we've got three sessions, just as like a three-pack. Um, which I like to you know, generally clear out um, anger and sadness and just work on a few other things that are coming up for individuals, which is always different. And then there's the six-week program, which is my new one, um, which is exciting. We've, so we've already got seven people started on that, which is brilliant. Great. Um, but that's basically trying to remove. So using because I do NLP and timeline therapy and stuff like that as well, we clear out um, anger, sadness, fear, hurt, and guilt. And then go through some values, goal settings, and stuff like that as well. And then the the what I call the ultimate um, breakthrough is just eight weeks, so it's a lot more in depth. And then it's just in the Facebook group lifetime sort of mentorship, mm. which is cool. And do you see this as a as a type of human optimization in some regards? Like, is it a is it a type of resetting, re, re sort of hacking the brain, that sort of thing? Yeah, hundred percent. It's just stripping back all the shit, like. Like I was saying at the, at the start of this, there's, there's so many people who beat around the bush and don't want to really expose what's really going on and they're the people who generally are carrying that around day in, day out, um, trying to find any kind of thing to, to suppress that emotion. So when, when you can actually get people to understand it, take the lessons from it, it's like they've got rid of their weight vest and they can look at life with fresh eyes, like a different perspective. Yeah. And that's when people start thriving again. Yeah, it's amazing. start for the first time i'm always amazed when i hear when i ask people how they're doing what they're up to and you know and then i say well what's your what's your latest mission you know it's good army talk yeah. and people don't have missions they don't have any they're just existing how do you just exist it's crazy i don't know people i don't i don't want big goals okay well do you want anything from life yeah i want this but we'll, we need goals and directions to achieve that because you have to have certain experiences and lessons to learn in order to get become the person who's going to achieve that you're not just going to wake up one day and have it there's some people who are perfectly okay with the universe just whimsically giving them what they need which is weird yeah i I, yeah i can't relate to that um i still think it's like yeah cool use that but put in the work as well you you always got to put in the work we're so far behind in australia um than america in some regards in this in this in this space as well because you know someone doing what you're doing and 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 to a certain degree what i'm doing there'd be new tropics as well that you'd be able to you know explore and look at but we we don't have that in australia as as much um i've been working with the guys at hvmn um they've got some really good sort of ketone type um 
products. Now I've tried ketosis; it kills me. But this is something you can you can take ketones, so it gives you yeah. a blood ketone. Uh, it spikes ketones in your blood, makes your liver start to produce ketones. Right. Yeah. So you can have carbs and ketones at the same time. Secret weapon, Food mate. Yeah. Biohacking. Love it. The, ha- the happy way to get into ketosis. Well, yeah, you can't keep it, but you can get you can have ketosis at the same. Well, what, what it is is instead of being a diesel engine or instead of being an electric engine, um, yeah. you, you can be a. Um, you know, both. like a both, yeah, at the same time. And a lot of, I think a lot of triathletes or Ironmen now are doing the keto, like keto supplements as well, because it helps them hit that, like you just said, those dual energy sources. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what I it is. I'll see if I can get them to send you some out so you can try it. Sweet, be good for crossfitters in a way, like for those longer ones as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, Carrie Pierce, who I interviewed, uses the Halo Neurosport. Um, to to program the brain for body movements. Um, she uses oh, really? it every uses it every single session. Yeah. Um, so I've got one here. I've got one here actually. I should use it more. But yeah, it's I, I taught myself to do double unders with it. Not very successfully. Really? Not very successfully. But I can do fifty. Um, whereas when I started, I couldn't do any. Yeah. Halo Halo Neurosport. Yeah, there are a couple hundred. You can get them shipped to Australia. There are a couple of hundred bucks. Three three or four hundred bucks. You wet them and they work on the cerebral cortex. Um, and you're able to, yeah. People use them to learn guitar, and people use them to do play piano and things like that. And and you know the military uses them to learn to shoot. Um. Anyway, hey, Lockie, I know I know your times. Um, yeah, valuable people. People can reach out to you. Um, through the man that can, they can listen to the the podcast at the man that can. They can reach out to you. Um, through your website and IG is um Lachlan Stewart. Cool, man. Hopefully we can have a chat some more and I'll get this out in a few weeks and we can blow a few people's minds about resilience and life coaching. (laughs) Yeah. And if anyone who's listening to this can think of a better name for us, please help us. Cool. (laughs) Hey, thanks, man. Keep doing what you're doing. You're inspiring a lot of people. You know, I often say that, you know, just just keep good people, inspire good people. You don't even need to try. Appreciate that, man. Thanks for having me on the show and keep doing what you're doing as well. I We've got a lot of time for you. I love what you're doing. Thanks, man. Righto. Let me just wrap a few things up. Before I go, I just want to let you know that I'm teamed up with Patreon. This is so that you can donate assistance to the podcast. Obviously, putting all this together each week does come at a financial and a time cost. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can head to www.patreon.com forward slash warrior you and you can throw in whatever you feel like. It's greatly appreciated. And there are some cool giveaways on the site too for different tiers of sponsorship. So please check it out. Um, thanks to my newest patron, Patreon donator, Marcus, for the $5 a month. Cheers, brother. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm just amazed that anyone's actually listening to the podcast at the end here to even go to Patreon. But obviously you did, so cheers, man. Um, right, and finally, just to end the show, this week the podcasts I've personally listened to have been as follows. I've listened to the Rich Roll podcast. It was a really great one with his dad. It was, um, was worth listening to. The Jocko Willick podcast, of course, and I listened to How I Work by Mantha Imber. Righto, thanks everyone. And remember, live a life worth living. Catch you later. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.